In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. From the Gospel. Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. In the Gospel today, Jesus actually commands us not to worry or be anxious. We become worried and anxious when we are distracted by the cares and concerns of the world around us. And these anxiety-producing concerns can cause us to lose sleep, become less efficient and productive, and even can cause health problems. Anxiety can turn us into controlling people. We try to avoid what we fear by manipulating other people and circumstances. There are many sources of anxiety, concerns for the world around us. People watch the news and see like it's falling apart everywhere and get very anxious about it. Concerns about those we love who you know, have various challenges and difficulties. Concerns about our lives, our livelihood, our health, our future. Concerns that somehow, at root, our needs won't be met. Somehow we'll be left alone and cut off. And the fear of death causes anxiety. That might be the biggest cause of anxiety in our culture. The continual denial that we're all going to die. Anxiety is contagious. <clears throat> it passes from one person to another. An anxious person tends to make other people anxious. And the news and the internet are contagious sources of anxiety in our time. And the anxiety they produce is purposeful. It's the way they maintain readership and viewership. You are so anxious you have to come back and see how it's falling apart today like it did yesterday. Jesus commands us not to worry or be anxious because worry and anxiety reflect a deficiency in our faith. We are anxious because we do not really trust God. Do not really trust that God will provide for us. And the distinction between perfect faith and anxiety can be illustrated by a story in Mark's Gospel in chapter 4, where Jesus was in the boat, a boat, with his disciples. And the great Windstorm arose on the sea, and water started filling the boat, and Jesus was asleep in the stern. And the disciples woke him up and said, Teacher, don't you care that we're perishing? And he got up and he said, Peace, and calmed the wind and the waves. And then he said to them, Why are you so fearful? Why is it that you have no faith? Since Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us, we are always in his care, even we are in the midst of facing physical death. If we had perfect faith and trusted him fully, therefore, we'd be aware of that and not be anxious. We'd be like Jesus in the boat, just sleeping through the storms of life. But instead, because our faith is not yet perfected, the wind and waves of life cause us to be anxious. We might think of prayer 
as the answer to our anxiety. However, it is better to understand that anxiety distracts us from our prayer. When we live lives of habitual prayer, where our attention is on God in an habitual way and on doing God's will in an habitual way, we are less distracted by the cares and concerns of life. When we allow the cares and concerns of life to distract us from our prayer, the result is perpetual anxiety, really the perpetual anxiety of our culture, because we are a highly anxious culture. Our habits of prayer, what we call the life of prayer, develop our ability to trust God. Faith develops much in the same way any bodily muscle develops, by exercise. Increased faith results in an increased experience of God's peace, and therefore a decreased sense of anxiety, because the peace of God is the opposite of the anxiety of the world. And this is what we experience in the Eucharist, which is a kind of a, a model for our pattern of prayer. We enter the experience or process of prayer that leads us into the peace of God and frees us from the anxiety of the world. And we can describe this general pattern this way. First, we come out from the world here to acknowledge that Jesus is Lord. He is in control. We, we come to worship him. We acknowledge that he is Lord and not the things we want and not our money or not anything else in life that would claim our allegiance. We establish faith, trust, surrender. We offer Jesus our confessions and intercessions, trusting that he will forgive our sins, the things that make us feel guilty and anxious, and that he will rule over our lives and provide for us. We offer Jesus all of the unmanageable fears and doubts of life, ourselves, our souls, and our bodies, trusting that he is Lord and can take care of them. Having committed to Jesus all the things we cannot manage, we leave our prayer to focus on the things he has called us to do the good works he has prepared for each one of us to walk in. As we practice this as a habit of life, over time, the anxiety of the world is replaced by the peace which comes from God. And this is why the habits of prayer, the patterns are formative, not just when we're anxious in a moment we run for a quick help from God in our prayer. That kind of prayer does not change us and probably doesn't do a whole lot of good. Some object by saying that when we focus on prayer in this way, we ignore the needs of the world around us. We're there contemplating our navel and ignoring what's going on. And this is wrong in every way that something can be wrong. The primary problem of the world we live in is that it does not acknowledge that Jesus is Lord and the world is not yet subject to him. The mission of the church is to proclaim that Jesus is Lord and to be witnesses for him in the world. Prayer is the necessary beginning of every effective work and activity.
Prayer, we bring our prayers to God. We bring our concerns and doubts and intercessions to the one source who can actually do something about them. Through prayer, we receive the grace to discern our vocation, what things we are called to do, and what things we must let go and trust God for. Anxious, non-prayerful work is counterproductive and inefficient. There's a lot more activity, but a lot less fruitful labor. To live out this pattern of non-anxious prayer and service, we must understand that the goal of life in Christ is not to save this world or make this world a better place. The world will be better because of our commitment to prayer and service, because of our presence as members of his body in it. But we do not believe that this world is perfectible apart from the cross of Jesus, which is the only pathway to the new creation. The futility of this world is precisely the fallen human attempt to fix it apart from the cross. Our goal is to bear witness to the kingdom of God and to focus on the work he has called us to do and to leave all concerns about the results of our prayer and our labor to God. The attempt to use God or the ministry of the church or any of our anxious labors to accomplish some temporal goal is a source of tremendous anxiety for many Christians. Thus, prayer is not a thing we do from time to time. It is the pattern for all of life in Christ. And when Jesus commands us in the gospel and literally commands us to be not anxious, he is commanding us, therefore, necessarily to pray because the result of our prayer is a decrease in our anxiety. As we focus on offering our concerns of worshiping God and offering all of life to God in our prayer. And out of that prayer, focus on doing the things we can do, the things we're called to do, the things we are gifted to do. We experience God's peace. That is the essential pattern of the Christian life. We can close with two verses that highlight this pattern. First, Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 and 7, quote, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And then our gospel, quote, Do not worry but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost.